welcome to the first episode of Immortal. This is a podcast we are doing to pay tribute to writers who are no longer with us. This first episode is, is about the writer Oil, and we're, we're speaking with Baser, Violet, Echo, Dash, Ember, and June. Once we started doing these interviews, the list kept growing of people who wanted to, to be involved. So I apologize. We had to keep it at a reasonable amount of time. But I want to thank all those who did participate. And so hopefully this is a, is a fitting tribute to oil. Hey, can you hear me? I sure can. Um, okay, so just to start things off, why don't you tell everyone who you are? Right on. I am B-A-S-E-R, down with the circle around the capital N, down with the F and the S. Spent a lot of time in Miami, now I'm in other parts of the country. You're talking with, uh, Violet, EP, KBT, WG. I'm Echo from DTT Crew. I write Dash on 67, FC Crew, TC5, IBM, New York City. Um, what's up, man? This is June, FS, Free Squad, DTT, Destroy the Toys. So when did you first meet Oil? We met in the early 90s. I was actually riding the transit to work, and uh, he asked me if I wrote for some reason. I had a Flavor Sailor shirt on, and... Uh, I told him I didn't write, and he kind of got upset about that, and as I was getting off the bus, he kind of got off behind me and cursed me out, and I, I liked his toughness, and uh, we kind of befriended each other on that, and then we, uh, I just told him, well, look, I'm headed to work. I used to uh, work on South Beach, and he lived on the beach, and I was coming from Little Havana. I'm not sure where he was coming from, but uh, that's how it went, and uh, we just hung out a lot after work, where I, where I worked. He was a lot younger than I was, so we uh, just drink 40s and kick it and ride all over uh, South Beach. Back then, it was pretty, uh, it wasn't so popularized as now, so we could just sit around in the corners and act like vandals and just really have a lot of fun. And from there, he just became like a permanent member of all of our affiliations and crews and teams and families. And the rest uh, was written history, pretty much, no pun intended. And uh, he just had this attitude, like, well, hey, if you you know you're wearing this uh, flavor flavor shirt on, and and you're not a part of that crew, or you don't write, you know, if you don't want to tell me, then he pretty much was like, f you. So I was like, well, f you back, and we both kind of stood up to each other, and then we realized, oh shit, we don't even really know anything about each other to have a problem, so we just befriended each other. Yeah, and always, uh, and that same attitude he always exemplified later on when he was a member of the crew and our families. He was always on the front line pretty much the youngest cat, too, and he was always on the front line, and he had this no-holds-barred attitude where he wasn't taking nothing from nobody, nowhere, at no point, kind of like some militant little dude, and he was just kind of a small-framed dude, but he had this huge, huge heart and this, like, this desire to exceed and to be the best, and to, he set, like, this unparalleled bar of excellence for himself, and he, he achieved it, you know, he just was like, I want to be the best, I will be the best, and I'm not having nothing from nobody. And I kind of sensed that from day one, and that's why I always felt like he was one of the 
probably one of the better, if not best recruits that we ever had as a whole. And I'm speaking on like a 15 or 20 year span. He was pretty much one of the best recruits, if not the best. Whatever he did, he set his mind to he wanted to be the best. When we were doing a lot of steel, he just wanted to do really good, simple, fresh, legible pieces, which I thought, you know, was what makes sense. You know, he wanted to be that, and when he uh, started getting into the whole hand style thing, he wanted to have, like, the best, fresh, rope-a-dope hand style and was recognized for that. And when it came to... uh any situations the crew might have with other crews, he was always like, well, hey, let's handle it. You know, he just, uh, he was like a, like I said, just a, the ultimate soldier for any war or any cause. He didn't really, uh, he wouldn't ask why. He would just, he would just act on it, you know. And I've always felt like, you know, there's really no need to be talking about certain things, you know. When it comes time, you know, people that are your people, you don't need to explain it and why we need to go take care of some situation approaches and you just you just handle it and that's the way he lived to, from day one to his last breathing day. And it's something you know, something that uh you really have to feel it more than explain it to you. Like when you have somebody in your corner like that you, you just feel invincible and that's what how he lived. He's like, Man, if, if we're homeboys, we're brothers, we're crewmates, then I got your back hundred and ten percent and in any uh aspect of life it was the same thing you know if we need somebody need a place to stay if you need a, if you need money for a 40 you need to go eat Thanksgiving dinner somewhere you know just it was just hands down he was just hands down a true brother and uh, uh what do you call it a best soldier you want to have in, in your corner uh I first met Bernie in um 2004 I had moved uh from Central Florida to Jacksonville, um, and he moved to Jacksonville. I think a week before I did, to uh, to apprentice to tattoo at a shop there, and it was just happened to be the shop that I got tattooed at, and I knew everybody at. So uh, I met him through there, not through writing or anything like that. Um, we actually met each other, felt each other out real, real, real weird. Like he was real weary of everybody, you know. He, uh, I mean, he just was a trust no one kind of guy at first, you know what I'm saying? And I'm a little bit of the same way, you know? So, uh, I mean, we felt each other out, and then, I mean, we just had too many mutual friends to really not get along, you know? Um, I did a clothing company, and uh, he was always down to uh, do designs for me and stuff like that. We helped each other out that way. I would print shirts for him in his shop and um, came, became really, really good friends very fast, actually. We started out as I mean, just regular friends, and then I eventually got a job at that tattoo shop, um, just running the floor and doing everything, you know, running air and stuff like that. Did that for a few years with him, um, and it was awesome. I couldn't really ask for more than that, you know. We, uh, I didn't even actually, I mean, because I worked with him, I knew about, I knew about everything he was going through, whether it was beef or whatever. When I when I met him, <clears throat> I didn't even I didn't even write at all. Um, and I would watch him do it, and I you know I knew obviously he was, you know, on another level than a lot of other people that I knew who wrote. And um, so I was out at actually a bar one night, and um, somebody was like, "Yo, that's that kid," you know, and some some kid some local kid he was beefing with, 
And I was like, that's him? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I called Bernie, and I was like, yo, it's like, there's this dude at his bar. And he was, like, caught up doing some shit. I was like, well, whatever. And I just, like, walked over to the kid. I was like, yo, you got beef with my boy, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, like, pretty much punked the kid out. And Bernie told me, he's like, yeah, if you want to fuck with him, he's like, don't beat him up. I want to beat him up, you know. I was like, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just, like, punked some random kid out on some stupid shit. And then that's when Bernie was sort of like, yo, you act like a writer. You should write. And I was like, uh, I mean, I guess, you know, like, I was like, I'm not an artist, you know, but that's really how it started. He gave me my name. He did all that stuff for me. It was awesome. I I knew oil, um, from 2004. He actually went out of his way to contact me on MySpace. He, He had, uh, seen me up in downtown Miami and he was, I guess, driving with a friend of mine, DZ. And, um, he saw my tag and well, this is according to DZ because that's not what, um, oil told me, but I guess I never asked him why he contacted me, but, uh, DZ told me that, uh, he saw my tag and that he really liked it. And when, um, DZ told him I was a girl, he, he just thought it was cool. And I guess that he went out of his way to find me. Um, and I, I thought Oil was a big black guy, you know, so I didn't, I thought he was like a very scary person and this guy contacting me, I was like, whoa, you know, why would this like prolific writer who killed Miami, why would he want to go out of his way to meet me? But I thought that was super cool. So when I met him, I was really, really surprised. He was uh, a little light-skinned Cuban guy, you know, not anything like what I pictured because of his reputation for beating people up and stealing people's paint and and for how up he was, I just, I had no idea he, he could look like that <laughs> and still be so feared by everybody. And um, so I met him in downtown Miami with my best friend, Melissa. We were at a, outside of an MF Doom show. And Oil just recognized me. He started writing my black book. He he was just so hilarious. Like, he had such a charisma. And from there, we stayed in touch. He, um, I would go down to Miami every so often. I was living in Orlando at the time. I would go down to Miami every so often and hang out with him. We would paint. He, he would take me to areas of Miami that um, he knew a lot better than I did or how to get into different spots and I would show him different tips that I had that would spray big or whatever and I don't know just started from there I guess so the way I met oil was um I would say 1996 I was going to college in Miami and um this kid June FS he was in the same he was in the same school as I was. And um I had met June through Baser and you know we we were cool, we would see each other once in a while. And one day um he was with oil. Like oil just came by the school to check out June and I just happened to walk by where they were at and June was like, yo, you know, what's up? This is my man Oil. Introduced us and um we just started talking. And I had mentioned to him that I had seen him up. You know, it's funny because like I had I had just heard of him like that week 
I had seen him up in the street and um for the first time and then right after I just happened to meet him. It was kinda like, you know, one of those the universe, you know, works in mysterious ways or whatever. <laughs> and um and we just got to talking, whatever, you know, he was cool. He was a he was like sixteen at the time and it just uh you know, I'm always kind of looking out for kids like that, that that they're real young. Because, like, today, you know, in this day and age with graph, you don't, you know, a lot of dudes don't even start writing till they're, like, 19 or 20 or, or even in their 20s. So to meet a kid who was, like, 16 and he was already, not only he was out there bombing, but he was nice already was, you know, it's not all the time that you that you see that. So that's kind of what made me take notice of him. Um, he was cool, like like I said when I met him, like he was, you know, he was like a young kid, he was like skinny, he wasn't really too um like he wasn't like a dude who looked threatening, but he, he was cool. He knew how to carry himself. He knew who I was when we met and he was kinda cool about it. He wasn't really like, you know, jocking me or nothing. He was like, yo, what's you know, what's up? Like he, he was just doing him. He was he was like a, you know, cool dude. And as we got to know each other better, you know, and we got that confidence to joke around and, and you know, fuck around with each other. Like, we, he had a dope sense of humor. Like, we had we got along real good because of that because we were always snapping jokes on each other, playing practical jokes on each other, on fucking, on Zame and on everybody. It was just like whenever he was around, it was like comedy. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have a good time. <clears throat> Honestly, I thought I, I remember vividly the first day we met but i don't remember what was like the next time i seen him after that but i just know like we got cool like maybe he came out of school more times or maybe we got we seen each other some other way but i don't remember you know exactly but we just got cool man and at the time i was teaching a few kids like there was just a a bunch of young kids that they were out that you know they were trying to they were trying to get style they were trying to learn so i had like two or three kids under my wing and they were around his age maybe even younger and they kind of knew each other it was teal this kid teal and his brother view um this other kid nemo and his and this other kid blur from all from miami and um so i don't even remember how how i got with all the second time but i know you know somehow we built a relationship and we got cool. We started hanging out a little bit. I would bump into him places. And he was just always real respectful. And he would always be, like, inquisitive and, like, asking questions and, and talking about graffiti and talking about style. And, you know, he always wanted me to give him, you know, outlines. And, I, you know, I only used to give him, like, straight letters because I, I used to be like, yo, you got to start, you know, with your straight letters. And once you master that, you got to. You know, then you could graduate to, to trying to do burners. So he always wanted to do, you know, he wanted me to give him burner outlines, but I used to just give him straight letters. And I used to tell him, go out and do that, you know, and, and he was bombing. So he, I guess, I don't remember ever really giving him tags, but I think he just used to see what I was doing. Like, we just used to sit there and, like, write in black books or go through a ream of paper, like, tagging on paper, you know, and just, you know, like, going back and forth and, I would write his name and he would write my name and, you know, we would just write paragraphs of shit and phrases and different things. And, um, 
And, you know, he just picked up on certain things, I guess, that, that I would do. And, and he started incorporating it into his style. But, you know, even though, like, like I say, even though I taught him a lot of stuff or he got a lot of stuff from me, he couldn't have done, you know, he couldn't even have done that if he didn't have his, his own, like, innate skill. Because there's a lot of dudes who try to bite, you know, people's shit, and, and they can't. Like, they, you know, you can see a mile away, like, it looks like it's on crutches, you know what I mean? <laughs> Like, like he, like he just, like he he had the flow. Like I said earlier in the interview, he had the flow. So like, you know, I could just write some shit and throw arrows and underline it and loops and a heart and copyright and all kind of shit. And he just had that eye. He would pick up on it, and he would just throw it right back at me like bomb. And I was like, oh shit, all right. So in in a sense, we you know eventually we we got to the point where we would have like little little battles and we would just you know like try to he would try to impress me and then I would I would be like oh yeah cool all right check this out and then I would hit him with with something a little more crazy and then we just used to go back and forth but it was fun you know what I mean um from what I remember was uh going down to uh Miami and staying at uh Baser's house down there and one of the times Bernie was there, um, he basically lived with, with Baser in Miami for a little while, and he was on the couch there, staying there. That's probably the first time I met him. Um, he was probably at the time just pretty quiet and just not, you know, what, what I've grown to know as Bernie. You know, I'm sure at, at first meeting, I think, he was pretty young back then. This was quite a while ago, so he was he was probably just, you know, yeah, just being young and just hanging out. He wasn't like a wild-ass dude when I first met him, from what I remember. But then, you know, after after getting to know him for a little bit, then, yeah, he obviously got a little, like, very, like, outgoing and the awesome person that we all knew. Um, shit, man, I've been trying to think about that maybe, like, I, I really can't remember. I would say somewhere like, uh, 93, I, I, I'm thinking it was at this uh, youth group place that, like, all the kids from school used to go to and hang out, like, afterwards, like, all the little skaters and riders and shit from my school used to go and hang out there. And I remember I went there one day, it was, like, the past, I never had a youth group, I had just moved uh, back to the beach, and um, I went to hang out at that place, and I think that's where I first met him, but it's hard for me to, like, just go back to the exact time, because I just don't remember, as, as far back as I can remember, like, from like middle, like my high school years, like he was already around. I, I would say like 93. Yeah, like around 1993 um, was when I first started hanging out with my, like I, I know this for a fact because I, like, I just seen flicks recently and it's like it dates back to then, so I blacked it, which is a, yeah. I already, like in 93 we were already hanging out. I think we, we met, like yeah, it's, it's crazy dude, it says it. As far as I can like, remember, like, as far as, like, even on, on the beach and shit, like, he was always around. So, it's, like, you know, I, like, we clicked up. I, like, he was my first, like, real, like, bombing partner ever. So, shit, like, my first illegal piece was with, with going out with Bernie. And, um, he even took me to do my first freight. So, it's, like, shit goes way back. We, we would be, uh, hanging out at this, uh, at the, like, uh, we would go to this, uh, abandoned building to paint. And I remember one day we were out there and, um, he had already been going, like, to paint freights a couple times. 
and he, you know, he, he would always tell me about it, like, yo, man, you gotta give it to these fakes, blah, 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 like, that, that's the shit right now, and, um, I was like, all right, yeah, for sure, like, I'm down, like, take me on one of these missions and shit, and he was telling me he was going, like, on these missions with, with war, and fudge, and, like, baser, like, his first, you know, like, few ventures out there, and he was, he would show me his flick and shit, and he was trying to put me on, so we were painting one, one time at this, um, abandoned building, and he's like, yo, so you, you want to paint one? And I was like, yeah, hell yeah. So he took me, like, around the, this little back cut that was behind the warehouses, and um, there was a bunch of orders, like, um, orders and tankers and shit, and, um, you know, I had a silver and orange, and I sat there, like, you know, daytime, like, there was, like, just, like, some bullshit-ass, like, little order spot there, like, right right in the cut, and I, I go ahead and I do a little, you know, June throw and shit, and we flick it, and, um, and, and we dip and shit, and he, like, you gotta get into the freight and shit, and he's the one that actually, like, put me down with FS, like, he, he, like, you know, made that introduction to, like, I think, I, I think I'm that baser out on, on my own and shit, like, just r- running around the beach, but, like, Bernie was in that, like, made that connection for me. So you mentioned painting trains, when did you two start hitting steel together? Well, I was already going a lot when I met him, we already had, uh, our established, uh, freight crew, um, that I already mentioned, and I actually took him to do his first car, and he was, like I said, um, he was, uh, I would say, close to 15 years younger than I was when I met him, or maybe 10, something, it was at least 10 years ago, but he was about more than 15 years ago we met. So I took him to do his first uh, car, he was real little, we went like in this uh, pretty ghetto neighborhood in uh, northwest Miami, and uh, he was real little, so I helped him, and uh he just, from there, he was hooked. He was like, he wasn't one of those dudes who take me, take me, you know, take me. He was like finding his own spots and going with other cats and turning other people. Not so much turning them on, but just using them for rides and just, he was like that, that determined little dude. And uh, so we, we did a, a decent amount of stuff together and he would go up to, I would also take him up to uh, counties north of where we lived. And we would go by rail, by tri-rail, hitch ride with girls. If, you know, sometimes I had a, if I had a real old car, I was kind of poor. You know, we'd go however we could go. There would really be nothing uh, stopping us. So, um, you know, and then later on, I mean, he just, uh, he just became this monster of, of uh, on the steel and on anything else that he ever touched. I mean, stylistically, I mean, he definitely was one of the first ones to like really show me without even telling me that every part of the game is important. You know what I'm saying? Like the smallest tag matters just as much as the, as the, as the big piece. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody can touch him throw up wise, you know, or ta- you know, hand style wise. I mean, his pieces are, are the freshest. Like he's definitely taught me, he taught me that bombing matters, trains matter. You know, you can't just do one thing. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, I mean, that's, that's why it's awesome that the first rider I really came close with was him of all people, you know? Mm-hmm. A lot of people think what they're doing is, you know, the shit. But, I mean, if you're not doing all of it, it, it doesn't even really matter, you know? Mm-hmm. But he had he had, he had had our talent beyond riding, too. Like, that's why he had so much style, I think. Like, he could, you could just name off an animal and he can draw it. You know what I'm saying? You can, it's... It's ridiculous how how much of his art a lot of people won't even know how good he was, you know? Part of why he contacted me in 2004 wasn't just because he saw my hand style. It's because he also knew 
that I was painting Tropicana's in Florida. And he wanted me to tell him my spot. And I wouldn't, I, when he asked me, I didn't tell him no. I just told him, um, I think it was a, a quote from Napoleon Bonaparte. I said, a true general never reveals their art of war. And he was really stoked about that because I was just letting him know that I'm not going to give him my spots, you know, even if he is oil, even if he is, you know, like the best writer in Florida, I'm not going to tell him where my spot is because it was that sacred to me. And um, I never took him. It was not, I think that he knew other spots, but he, I don't, th I'm not sure if he ever painted Tropicana's. I never took him to that spot. And... <laughs> That was just um, one funny story, I think, about us starting to be friends because he, he was really hyped that I wouldn't tell him because he expected me to be a toy because I was such a young writer. He expected that I would immediately just spill the beans on everything, and I didn't, and I, I think he was hyped about that. Cool. He lived to bomb, and doing streets with him was just always wild and crazy and just unpredictable and I don't know like he's a one of the he's the freshest bomber I know every time bombing with him was a fun experience um tattooing I think was probably just the same he had such an incredible sense of humor and I lost a lot of the images of his tattoos they used to be on the Inksmith and Rogers website and they stopped being on there I think last year and I didn't save the images so if somebody has those images I don't but they're hilarious a, a lot of his tattoos are super sarcastic and and the I think I get some of that with I make paintings now and the titles play a lot with the images and in a very sarcastic funny way and it's very much how his tattooing um, played out. A lot of his flash and his uh, designs were meant to just make you laugh. He he was the type of guy who I don't know. Just uh, he could just fuck anybody up with a, like one sentence, with like one word or a look, or just just always clowning, always clowning. Um, he got real he, he when I met him he wasn't tattooing he didn't even have that many tattoos and he moved to Jacksonville within the first year that I met him and he started apprenticing probably within six months of moving there if I remember correctly um under Mike Wilson who the way he schooled me was he told me that Mike Wilson is the best tattooer on earth <laughs> and I believed him and most tattooers that I know say the same thing. And as a result, oil got really good really, really fast. Um, he went by Bernie Perez, and he still has a following. He not only, you know, did he clown and, and do awesome tattoos, he combined graffiti with his tattoos. And I think that he got up on a good amount of people that he tattooed uh, one time. I was in the shop and I got up on somebody he tattooed. He would he would just say, "Come here, my friend's gonna write on you, and you're gonna have this tag on you." And they'd be like, "Okay," 
I, I don't know how many people are walking around with oil throw-ups, oil tags, and not in memory of him. <laughs> they, they were done by him. <laughs> he, he was always clowning like that. Like, for me personally, I would always think, oh, my God, what is wrong with these people? But now I know, you know, they knew it was up. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, he... He did my first tattoo before he started tattooing and before he started apprenticing. I said that I would never get a tattoo. I thought that tattoos looked really dirty and I just thought trashy that I would never want that. And after hanging around the tattoo shop and hanging out with him so often, I started to see, you know, what good tattoos were because he was, you know, constantly showing me the difference, you know, and, and pointing out what was good, what was bad and, and the difference between heavy black and classic styles and any ideas that I had, you know, eventually when I was coming around to the accepting that I wanted to get a tattoo, he would just make fun of me and tell, they, tell me they were corny. He wouldn't let me get any, <laughs> any type of, uh, stupid, I tattoo images and, <laughs> I'm I'm happy about it now because if not I would be stuck with some really stupid stuff. And uh he had he had the same strong opinions about tattooing that he did about graffiti. You know, classic graffiti was the only type of graffiti that was good in his opinion. Anything any of this newer I don't know what like new age wild style type stuff he would just totally rag on and See, it's whack, and he's the same way about tattooing, just classic, old-school style. It's the type of stuff that he liked, and I definitely am heavy, heavily influenced by his opinions still <laughs> cool. um, regarding graffiti and tattooing, both. So how would you describe him? The freshest there is, and he was uh, he's like no other, for sure. Um when I, when you would do t-shirt designs or, I mean, he was, he did designs for everybody in Jacksonville, you know, every, every band, the companies and stuff. And he was just, it was insane. You know, um, he didn't really make mistakes. Uh, it was a one take and it's done and it's, you don't really need another one with him. You know, he had a, he had a tattoo up on his upper arm that just said, uh, live and die with style. And that was him to a T anything you wanted to try to do, he could do it first try. I mean, if he wanted to be a break dancer, by the end of the day, he'd be the sickest one in town. You know, it's just the way he was. Super generous with his friends. I mean, always, always willing to give. Never really expected stuff in return. Um, yeah, it's it's almost indescribable, you know. He was just a trip, man. He was funny. He was a funny dude. I guess you know, like around his friends, people who who knew him, if he was cool with you. He was he was always cracking jokes. He was funny. He was like a good dude, man. Like he always had your back, whether you know whatever, like beef or or just like you needed a favor. Like yo, I gotta move, and it's snowing, and and there's no truck. We gotta walk down the block with with a couch on our back. Like he'd be there for you. You know what I'm saying? Like he he was real like good about like staying in touch with people like at least with me like he used to i'm terrible at that but he used to like stay in touch with me he used to hit me up he'll come to my crib like if i didn't have a ride or you know what i'm saying like he he was just like somebody that you could depend on hmm. he and he was real like 
he was real like down to business, you know what I'm saying? Like he wasn't the type of dude to procrastinate, fuck around and bullshit you. He would just, you know, if he says he's gonna do something, he'll do it. If he, you know, and if he had love for you, man, he, like I said, he would have your back 100%. I don't, I mean, if you knew him, you know, you know, like, I don't know, it's, it's hard to describe, like, you know, just someone that has that much energy and that, you know, that much charisma and just like so super outgoing, always, you know, the life of the party, you know, some, sometimes he got crazy, but, you know, it was, it was a person to look up to, man. The guy could dance his ass off, he could rap his ass off, he could, you know, all that, you know, just, you know, in a fun way, not like he sat, he, he never, he never had to practice anything, you know, as far as I was concerned, is a natural at everything, natural, good time guy, you know, like, you're at you're at a hardcore show, and he's the one that's just busts out some crazy ass, you know, kid play breakdancing routine, and every you know wows everyone, and everyone's like, yeah, you know, it's always the, the wildest guy, you know. Oh Jesus, we were usually pretty messed up. <laughs> um, I don't have to think about that. Yeah, it's kind of a my mental crate is pretty dusty, so thinking back on, you know, I guess, you know, we, him and I went to New York City and um, visited uh, Echo and her roommate and stuff, and we had, a, we had a blast out there, just, you know, the second we get off the plane, we, you know, are already hitting the third bar and, you know, walking out of the bar with fucking uh, draft mugs, you know, right downtown Brooklyn or, you know, smoking fucking Cuban cigars and joints and shit just right on the street with, you know, people milling around broad daylight two in the afternoon, you know, and then, we, of course, the markers come out and start, you know, marker tagging everything moving and, you know, just drunk, drunk and invisible fun like that, but, you know, I, think, I don't know, it's just always, it's, it's always a, a fun time, you know, like, he was always a, a good person to hang out with, and you know, definitely you know jealous of him. You know, he's always a cool dude. Like I always said, man, I wish I was more like that. You know, um, shit, dude was intense. He was like, he's just classic, dude. Like that's the best way I could put it. He was just classic. Like everything, everything since day one. Like he just, he always wanted to be in the scene. Like. Like, since, since back in, like, I'm saying, like, probably, like, when I was, like, fuck, 16, maybe 17, I think he was, like, 15 or 14, and he was already, like, he didn't have no care for you, like, he was always out, and he was just, like, he was always, like, just wanting to be involved in, in everything that was fucking, like, going on as far as, like, you know, a scene or a culture or something like that, like, like, if, if there was, like, some illegal rage shit going on, he wanted to be involved in that, he wanted to be out there, he wanted to see what the fuck was going on, like, if there was, like, some b-boy event, he was at that b-boy event. He was always out and about. Like, like he never even went to school. Like, he would just skip school every day and just be at all these fucking places. And he was just always, like, real intense and real, like, into everything he was doing. Um, for hardcore-ass motherfucker. Like, <laughs> when I met him, like, it's crazy because when I met him, like, when we were first hanging out, you know, he, he, he was always, like, he always had a lot of heart. And he was always, like, you know, real, like, into his shit and proud and, like, you know, trying to, like, stick up for his shit, but he was kind of small and shit, you know, and, like, he was young and he was, like, 
he would hang around with the older dudes because he was just like he was always trying to be like dope like that like you know just like like hang around with the 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 older dudes the, the dudes that were more into shit and like you know unfortunately like people would just pick on him just like everybody else gets picked on and shit but he wasn't like one of those people that would get picked on and be like oh fuck you know they picked on me like he was just like whatever like fuck it like he you know and little by little like he just we started hanging out and like he just started getting more and more like in, into in, into like fucking standing up for himself and. He went from, like, we would hang out, and it would be, like, I would always have to, like, worry that, you know, he's going to catch beef with somebody because, you know, he wasn't really, like, ready to really be scrapping with anybody, and i always be, like, fuck, you know, and I'd end up getting into a big fight and shit, and, like, and, like, you know, just looking out for him to, like, him fucking throwing his first blows with me, like, in a, in a rumble, and then, like, after that, just being, like, yo, I'll fuck niggas up, like, like, I'm ready, like, fuck this, watch, watch. Like, I used to just hear stories of Bernie just, like, bashing people out on the street all the time, like, he was just a fucking, he was off the chain, man. So, Oil was really well known for his hand style, even if people didn't know uh, he was responsible for the, the logos and things that he had, he had done. Um, what what can you say about his style? Yeah, that um, when he when his hand style became so uh, well known and notarized, and um, how can I say it, it became like, well known, and he was being sought after to do handbags for shoes. He did a Nike shoe. He did a lot of handbag stuff for the twelve top websites for their books, for their leads, for record labels. It was um, it was something that really made me proud because I always considered him my little brother. He really, and I, I didn't, I can't say I ever taught him that. There's other individuals that might claim that. I would never claim that. I mean, he definitely was influenced by certain individuals, but he kind of just ran off and became his own, like, hand-style style. So I was always proud of it, but at the same time, I was proud of his, of his accomplishments and of his uh, style, but at the same time, it was kind of intimidating because, like, the, the youngest dude in our crew was burning us <laughs> with his hand-style, but it also made the rest of us want to not have, you know, uh, he said... Uh, he set a bar for us to be like, well, look, this is, um, you know, the level he's on. So it, it kind of, it kept us on our toes, which in, in a sense was good. But none of us, none of us ever, uh, except for a few of us, and I'm not one of them, could keep up with him. I don't think many people could. But uh, I think in all, from all the writing of our culture, he, he has, He's in in the top five or the top ten amongst a lot of people I know, young or old or east or west, yeah. and uh, definitely was well known for that. Yeah. Uh, every everything that I do when it comes to writing, I learn from him. I mean, I'm I'm never gonna be him. Nobody will, in my in my opinion, you know. But um, I mean, he taught me everything just to try to fucking live life, try to love life, you know. He he honestly taught me he honestly taught me like the true meaning of like beef, and I mean I mean beef's an important part of the game you know, but it's there is no like fence walking with him. That was the best part. He was one side or the other. You know what I'm saying? And if he's got a problem with him and you're his friend and you don't have a problem with him, then you're not his friend anymore. You know what I'm saying? So and I mean that's I think that's important too, and that's I definitely have taken that away from the game too, and I mean. That's how I still feel today, for sure. He definitely, definitely influenced me a lot. Um, not, 
you know, most people who influenced me is because I observed, but he directly pushed his, his style on me. <laughs> he, um, he would just annihilate whatever I, I do, he, whatever I was doing. He would just tell me how bad it was <laughs> and, and to tell me, you know, use his hand styles. And, and most of the time when we first started hanging out, it was always just hanging out and drawing in black books. And he would, I have probably, I have more versions of him doing my name than his own name because he wanted me to use his hand styles. He wanted me to use his throw ups. He, he wanted me to be really good. He, he, you know, he just really was really excited about my graffiti career and he wanted me to just be super, super fresh. And it was like, I, he chose me, you know, so I'm, I'm really honored to, have his influence on my graffiti and um I don't think I ever gave him as much credit as he deserved because there's almost like once you are friends with somebody you might not feel as like that that their work is as big as it once was when you didn't know them the mystery of who they were it kind of gets lost and I think that being friends with him, I lost that that aura to his graffiti, and it took, you know, it's really sad. It it took him passing away for me to realize how dope he was. Like I knew he was dope. He was way better than me. He was better than everybody we knew, but I never really registered how good he was until he wasn't making any more graffiti, you know. And and I really regret that. I wish I wish that I had a chance to to show him you know how how fresh I think he is and how much his graffiti influenced me because you know I wouldn't be as as good or where I'm at if he hadn't instilled his strict strict ideas about graffiti on me you know he had very very strong opinions and let's see Bernie um he always had catchphrases uh, you, you can hate, but we hate harder or I can hate harder. You know, he, he was the type of person who, if he liked what you did, he loved it. He loved you. He loved it. And, but if you crossed him, if you did something that he thought was whack, you know, not if you were his friend, but if you were somebody who was on the outside, it was like you were done for. He loved you or he hated you. And if you were down with someone he hated, you got you got the the I guess uh, you got it too from him. You know, <laughs> if you how did he put it? You run with him or run from him? <laughs> Death, uh, guilt by association. <laughs> um, just always had catchphrases that I I learned through that. Charge it to the game. You know, if somebody went over me, if I caught beef with somebody, if you know, getting arrested, getting in trouble, having to run from a spot, not getting flicks, anything, you charge it to the game, you know, because it, it's all part of graffiti. Um, what else did I learn from him? Just, he is, he was, I mean, everybody knows about him, his uh, relationship with beef, and, and he just taught me about politics, and pretty much, Everybody was whacked to him. Pretty much everybody who wasn't crew was whacked to him, and his attitude was just all or nothing. And 
and very, it was almost like gang mentality. The graffiti scene in Miami and the cruise, it's almost like a gang mentality. And when you go to other cities, they don't have that, that same type of strict codes, I guess, with each other and with the crews. And it's not necessarily only about violence, but it's about loyalty, respect, and, and that's why I think he always had so much beef everywhere he went because if people were showing the utmost respect, then they were his enemy. <laughs> Some things that I learned from Bernie, um, never to back down from beef, never to let anybody sun me or to tell me what's up, you know, unless it was somebody in my crew. Um, never to, not to change my name for anybody. I had a problem um, several years ago where I caught beef with a, older writer from New York, Staten Island, who claimed that I'm writing his name and uh, he threatened me physically and I, call, I called Oil, asked him, you know, what do you think I should do? Should I change my name? Should I stick to one of the other names that I write? And he was like, no, you're Echo. Like, you're not changing your name for anybody. Like, don't let anybody tell you what to do. You know, even even though he thought I shouldn't write Echo, the fact that somebody else said that I shouldn't do it, it was like, nah. <laughs> like, you're going to stay writing that name. <laughs> like, so, I guess uh, I learned um, to be confident, I guess, with my graffiti a lot from him. Because, you know, I, I, when I met him, I maybe had been in, I'd been writing graffiti for about four years. So, I was still not as confident in my work or in in dealing with I guess like the graffiti scene and he uh, he definitely gave he backed me up always and gave me a lot of confidence in, in that so I, I still uh, still affected by him in that way I, f I feel like I'm kind of withholding certain things because he was very exclusive about who he would give his stuff to. He wouldn't, he didn't want anybody taking his shit. Like if you had his style, if you had any access to it, it was because you were granted access. So I'm kind of hesitant about giving his stuff up. He, I, f I feel privileged that to have all the different, um, you know, drawings and throw-ups and tags that he gave me because they were special for me and I know that he wanted me to have it yeah. and and I'm kind of I'm hesitant to share them with everybody because he didn't give them for everybody to have he <laughs> although but at the same time I do think that it's important for me to promote his stuff so I'm not trying to withhold completely I'm just I'm I'm trying to figure out where a medium is, you know, because I feel like if I put stuff out there, it might just get, you know, how they like put ties throw up on t-shirts now, or, I mean, I guess they, I guess it's in a memorial way, but I don't want it to be like, um, I don't want it to be like a Tupac shirt, <laughs> or maybe I do, because, because he was, he was like the Cuban Tupac, who knows. <laughs> when I first, when I first saw him up, like I said, it was a 
it was a, a tag that he spelled O Y L E. So he used to fuck around and spell oil different ways. So that that kind of was like that's what made me look at it. I was like, the fuck does that say? And then it said oil. I was like, all right, whatever. And then right after that, I saw him up regularly, like oil, oil, oil. And he has, you know, he has style. He was bombing with a fat cap. It kind of looked, it ain't look, um, what I mean to say is that it kind of looked out of place in Miami. Like he had a little something extra, you know. And um, so that, that, you know, that was cool because he, for a young kid, he he was already doing his thing, like he was bombing. He had a little bit of style, you know, and he he was flexing his skills, like on a regular basis. He was going for his at, at that young age. Yeah, like I said, when all right. So when I when I first seen him up, he had he had a little bit of style, and he was already down with some kids. He was down with BSK, um, and he I guess he was kind of you know using their style, but he had a little he had a little different twist on it. You know, he had like a certain flow. So what impressed me about him wasn't technically like his style in the beginning. It was just kind of like his, his flow, the fact. And then when I met him and he was 16, that was really what impressed me. Cause at a young age, you know, he was already, he was kind of already flexing his, you know, his ability, you know what I'm saying? So, so yeah, that's, like I said in the beginning, you know, I guess it was just the age and the fact that he could actually write because there was a lot of dudes who who just fucking were garbage, you know what I mean? So he stood out because he, he was because he was decent. He was, you know, he wasn't the like he wasn't great yet, but you could tell with the right guidance, he was going to be great. You know what I mean? You know, and I like I, I kind of hooked him up with him. I put him down with Zane because um, he wanted to Zane worked at Home Depot. And Oil wanted to, he wanted to get a job at Home Depot, um, writing the signs for Home Depot. That was his shit. He was like, yo, I heard Zane works. They think he'd give me a job. I was like, I'll talk to him. So I talked to Zane, and Zane was like, yeah, all right, send him over, cool. And that's how they met. And then he got a job where all he did all day was write. He would write the signs for Home Depot, you know. He would just sit back there and, like, you know, with markers and dipping that shit in a bottle of ink and just make these juicy signs. So, like, that's probably why his style got so much better, too, because he was, not only he was writing on paper at home and bombing, but he was writing as a job. He was writing uh, writing those signs out, like, real perfect like that, you know? So, so yeah, like, he would go out in peace with Zane, and he would, you know, if he did something nice, he would, like, send me the flick and, or tell me the story or, like, you know, him and Zane were robbing dudes. And then, you know, they were beating dudes down. He would always call me like, yo, the craziest shit happened. You know, fucking this happened or this, we beat this dude's ass or Zayn hit one dude and both of them fell down. Like, you know, like crazy shit. Like he, he had a lot of wild times with Zayn. And that's probably somebody you should talk to as well for one of these interviews. Because cause when I came back to New York in 99, he kind of, you know, he stood with Zayn for the rest of those years, like him, it was like they were partners. They they worked together. They were hanging out. They were painting. They were they were robbing people. You know, they they had like their own little adventures, and people used to hear about that shit. Cause I used to hear about it even in New York. Besides him telling me, I would still hear about it. Well, artistically, like you know, just like how like how he lived. He didn't. You know, he told me 
a long time ago when he, when he very first started, I said, you know, obviously your hand is like the best. How did, how did you get it this way? And he's like, when I was young, all I did was sit in my room and practice and practice and practice and fill notebooks like that. And I was like, oh, fuck. You know, like I, I guess I did too when I was young, but it didn't pay off in the right way. But, you know, that dude, you could tell him any word, any combination of letters, anything, and he could do it 10 different ways in every way just as sick. You know what I'm saying? He never, he never did anything that looked whack, you know, like, like everyone whacks out, you know, and you know, you're like, Jesus Christ. Not only when you do it, you're like, what am I doing? But everyone else is like, nice guy. But he, maybe if in his mind he whacked out, it never showed on anything. You know what I'm saying? Like he always had professional, what I call professional graffiti. It looks like a professional did it. You know what I'm saying? Like that PC five look or, you know, the, you know, FC or something, you know, it looks like professional graffiti, you know, like it, there's no funniness to it. You know, he talked the letter. I mean, what horrible letters, O and I and an L, you know, and you can make those look, like, like tough, you know what I'm saying? There's no, it's a circle with two sticks, but it's, you know, there's always an edge to it, you know. There's a lot of guys that when they write, you know, it's fucking, you know, it sucks, but after you do it 4,000 times, you kind of have respect for it, you know. But he could do one thing, and that would be it, and you're still like, yep, that wins, you know. There's, He's definitely a quantity and a quality writer. You know, I don't, I don't think I ever saw him do a bad anything. You know, in his mind, he might have whacked out, or he'd say like, "Oh, I can't believe I did it like that," but it still burned everything. You know, cool. not to, not to sound on his nuts, but he fucking he was awesome. You know? <laughs> <laughs> fucking killed it with everything, and he, you know, obviously, you know, greatest hand style and fucking you can tell him anything, and he'll make. He'll make your shit look better than you could ever make it, you know, just fucking around. And you're like, fuck, man. Damn, man, this shit was fucking, like, it's, it's funny, man, because it's like, to me, I was, that was like my partner coming up, like, we kind of like got into everything at the same time, and like, you know, we were like, we teamed up to do a lot of bombing shit, and like, for me, it was, we had to try to keep up with Bernie, because, you know, he just, was always real clean with his shit and always like fucking like, you know, like just, you would always clown me, dude. Like we would, we would, we would get down to like draw or fucking go paint or some shit and it was, you know, he would always be like, ah, I got you, I got you, I burned you, you know, and it was like, it was like hard to fucking keep up with him because he just was so clean and he practiced so much, man. Like, um, he just, he would, he would like sit down and practice his hand styles forever. He would always have like new throws, new straight letters to fucking to rock, and he was always real, real clean. He was always like, we would go to do spots, and I'd just be like, you know, get my shit up, outline it, trim it, all my shit, you know, ready to go. And he'd be like, no, 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 you gotta go back and clean it up, you know what I mean? Like, like, and I'd look at his shit, and his shit was like, it looked like a sticker, and my shit just, you know, it was all fucking like, all unfinished looking and shit. But it's hard. It was, it was always hard, man. He had, he had such. I mean, he, he practiced with, like, you know, like, with KV and turns and, like, just do 2C. Like, all these dudes had, like, crazy hand styles. He practiced with, like, dash. And, like, he, he just, fuck, man. He, he picked it up. And he always had, like, just this crisp-ass flow that was just, 
you just shit on everybody, dude. It's the best way to put it. Like, his wackest tags were, like, burn my shit. <laughs> what are some of the best stories or some of your fondest memories with oil? Oh, yeah, I mean, there's so many. There's so many uh, fond memories, but some of the, uh, the most fun and most fondest were, um, there was a time where um, I felt like the situation in South Florida as far as the steel was getting real, real hot as far as heat from the authorities. So I would, uh, I got word that there were some individuals from the Northeast and the Midwest that were living in North, North, North Florida, pretty much like five hours away. So I would drive up there and uh, just pretty much network with them and check out their spots and take full advantage of their spots. So I would, uh, I went up once alone, and the next few times those guys up there were, hey, man, you should bring some of the rest of your crew, you know, we would like to get loose with them. So I was like, oh, shit, that's all I needed to hear. So uh, I would pretty much go like twice a month, but I would take Euler with me. He was a young cat, and he was, uh, as young as he was, he was pretty much living like an adult. He was at his own will to go and come as he chose. So I'd be like, hey, dude, you want to uh, Roll with me to Jayville and Lucy was like, hell yes. So we'd go five hours, and the whole five hours is just constantly laughing, joking, clowning, swerving the car, drinking, driving down up, up and down 95 with masks on, going to uh, redneck truck stops, just speaking Spanish the whole time just to see what reaction we'd get from these people. And we'd stop at, uh, what do you call these, uh, fuck, what do they call outlet stores and get fresh kicks. We'd go eat at all the damn redneck restaurants we could. It was just, uh, those memories were the fondest. And then when we got to Jacksonville, he started, uh, you know, he'd do 10 cars. We'd do 10 cars in a night, park the car in the yard. We'd do all the forbidden things that you couldn't do in Miami. Like, you could, in Miami, we were really methodical, you know, about being stealth and being real MacGyver about our spots, and we'd go up to Jayla and just, like, mob the yard, bring the... It was kind of like... The only thing I could relate it to is stories that I heard from when guys had their heyday in the subways where they're bringing pizzas into the yard and driving. Not driving, but just hanging out with girls and bringing civilians in the yard. We didn't bring civilians in the yard, but there were times in Jacksonville where it was at least eight of us in the yard and just wilding out, throwing beer at each other, throwing rocks at each other, stealing each other's paint, chasing each other around naked. It was just, and then Euler, like I said, even when, he was a real funny dude, so even when it came to the antics, he was, him and I were the main ones. We'd rent these rooms for like 40, 50 bucks. And, uh, shit, I'll tell you one story. Uh, we went, we would always get this one uh, motel, every trip and then it was booked fully booked this one weekend we went i don't know what they had maybe some type of nascar event there or some shit so uh we went to one further down the road and we were kind of targeting either close to our connect crib or to the spots you know the, the train spots so anyway we found one we knew it was pretty shabby and we didn't like it but we were uh, hey dude we got to get some rest you know and cause we were going to go out all night get loose and then we need a place to place to shower up whatever so we go in, we're going to uh, drop our stuff off and then meet up with our dudes and go to a bar. So we get in the hotel, motel, and there's a door, like, in between the two beds, like, behind this, uh, right behind uh, some picture or something. I don't know exactly what order there, but he leaned on it, and the door opened, and he fell into, like, it was about eight Mexicans in one room up there, probably were working. 
stay in there working, but he fell into their room and we just laughed and they jumped up and probably thought the immigration was rushing them, dude. It was the funniest thing. We ran out the whole, we ran out the motel and we like, dude, we can't stay here. Those Mexicans are going to kill us. They're going to think that we're, uh, bum rushing them. So he just starts yelling like in Cuban slang and I'm yelling. We grabbed our bags and we just got the hell out of there. We didn't even get our refund, another 40 bucks. We just, like, dude, the last was worth 20 bucks each. So we had to go further down the road and found like a real, kind of like a Motel 6. It cost us about 60 bucks, but we were like, do whatever. At least we ain't got to worry about the Mexicans coming in on us while we're sleeping. But yeah, it was just uh, a lot of good times traveling and, and just out and warming out and just hanging and banging, what we call it. Never a dull woman with that kid, never. Uh, there's beef stories, there's... Uh, Strip club stories, like, uh, hung, I mean, I was, me and that guy hung out a lot, and like I said, it was never a dull moment, and, uh, I mean, there's some stories in the layups, there's stories at the walls where he would, he like save small kids, and stop kids, take their paint, take their black books in front of him, and it was like to the point where he was a super villain, villainified bad guy, but he really wasn't a bad guy, he was just somebody that wasn't taking it and wasn't having it, and kids would be intimidated by it and give their stuff up. They look at me like, well, dude, why'd y'all rob me? I was like, dude, we didn't rob you. Did we pull a knife on him? No. Did we pull a gun out on you? No. He asked you for it, you gave it to him. So <laughs> you're giving your, giving your shit away. So I mean, this kid letting us, dude. He would take the paint, take the books, take the backpacks. Or, and it wasn't for, uh, it wasn't even like a tough guy, a bully thing. It was just for kicks, just to laugh, and, you know, and just to see what you could get away with. So, I mean, that's all. Uh, so many stories about things like that, and there was warehouses that were on tracks, and we would go check the train, and he'd catch kids in that pain, do this straight vamp them. And he was like uh, like the little Debo, just taking people's stuff, asking for it, and they'd give it to you. I don't really consider that taking it. Yeah, yeah that's uh, pretty much sums it up. Bernie started WGE, which is the the worst guy ever, you know what I'm saying? And I mean he he was the worst best guy ever. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not it's not insulting to say, you know, you would hear people talk about somebody who passed like that and be like, whoa, that's you know, that's fucked up. And um but it's like it's not like like he was self proclaimed worst guy ever, you know, and uh I was gonna tour with this band called Kids Like Us from Jacksonville and uh the singer was friends with Bernie also. And, you know, Bernie did t-shirt designs for the band. He did record covers for the band. They're fairly, fairly well-known band and underground hardcore scene. And we were in Puerto Rico, um, for, uh, a little tour and we're, I'm like, yo, we should bring Bernie. He, he speaks Spanish and like, he's fucking crazy, but like, you know, it'll be straight. Um, <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, we, we bring him over and I mean, it's like all good. He starts like partying at the shows and stuff and like, oh my God, this kid in the band like fucking smuggling some fucking Xanax over there and all this shit and Bernie's taking those and he's fucking drinking and he's getting like real loose. And then at one point in the night at this show where we don't know anybody around, I think the owner of the bar walked into like the ladies restroom and Bernie was like pissing on something in there. And uh, the dude like got mad at him, but I mean, rightfully so sort of and like everybody took you know insult to it bernie was real pissed about it i swear to god by the end of the night it was literally me 
and this kid whore and we were trying to stop like 40 people in Puerto Rico from just like mopping Bernie <laughs> and we don't speak Spanish. They're yelling at Bernie. Bernie's yelling back at them in Spanish. It's bad. The dude who owns the bar ended up, he seriously hit Bernie in the head with a bamboo cane, practically took his ear off. Like it was so bad. I'm rushing Bernie to the hospital and I don't speak Spanish and everybody's talking to me and I'm like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Uh, he gets like stitched up. He doesn't even, he's, I mean, he's on, he has no clue what's going on. He doesn't even know he got hit with a cane really. And then he's trying to like get us to take him back to the bar to finish the fight. Like seven hours later, he doesn't even realize how long we've been in the hospital. I mean, but it was like the worst, it turned it into like the worst trip ever, but it's still by the morning he woke up and he was like laughing about how his ear is like stitched back onto his head and like bombing in the rainforest and just like he was out of control. Like anywhere we took him, it was going to be either really, really fun or really, really crazy, you know, no in between. Oh my God. I mean, when, uh, he threw a party in Jacksonville for his birthday and, um, me and this kid breed went over there. We ended up showing up kind of early. He made this flyer for it. That was like retarded. He like drew himself with like a little birthday hat on. And he was like, he wrote like Bernie's birthday niggas and like faxed it to all the tattoo shops and stuff. And it's like at his house. And I was like, okay, cool. And we show up there kind of early. Um, and he, he answers the door. He's like, he's like in a towel. He's like, yo, yo, what up y'all? What up? What up? I'm like, damn, you ain't ready yet. He's like, nah. And we go sit down in the living room. He's like, yo, I'll be right back, man. I got to go shower and shit. You know, if people come over, let him in. I'm like, all right. And like, I knew him probably for about seven months at this time or so. And I mean, I knew he was loose, but you know, and then he like leaves the room and we're just sitting there talking like for like 10 minutes, me and Breed, like, yo, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Out of fucking nowhere, homeboy comes running down the hallway, like butt fucking naked. And just starts, like, breaking in his living room, like, fucking spinning around on the floor and shit. Hops up and just lets out this laugh. Like, he had, anybody you talk to about will talk about hey, how he had this fucking laugh that was, like, infectious. It was loud as hell. Just, like, a wild fucking Cuban laugh. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and uh, and then just, like, took off running. I remember that was, like, one of the first memories. I was like, God, this kid is fucking out of his mind retarded. He was fun as shit, though. Like, I mean, I got a million and a half just stories from this kid just from Scrapping on every corner in Jacksonville, beef, you know, everything. He was the shit. Yeah, one of my, uh, I mean, painting with him was always a blast. There's always a story. <laughs> but one one that sticks out is uh, one time that me, him, and Skem were bombing Miami, and we were, I think we were on just west of 95 um i can't it, it's kind of vague to me the exact neighborhood that we were in but it's definitely predominantly black neighborhood and me and skim were in the car we dropped oil off to scope out a spot i think um it was behind a building off of 95 that we were trying to paint and we sent oil on the corner he he was on the corner waiting to get picked up by us and and while he was there a car drove by with a bunch of uh, black dudes in it <laughs> he yelled 
cracker at him and, and threw an egg at him. <laughs> so he got egged on the corner. And when we pulled up in the car, he didn't get in the car. He was in shock. He was just like, look at my shirt. <laughs> like, he didn't tell us I got egged. Like, he was just like, look at my shirt. He's wearing a white shirt <laughs> with egg yolk and egg crack, like eggshell on it. <laughs> And just totally in shock, told us what happened. Uh, that's one in particular that I remember. Um, another time I remember, maybe it was the same night. <laughs> it gets vague after a while. Maybe it was the same night that we were using these blaster caps that spray uh, spray paint up to like 10 feet in the air. And he had never used them before, and neither had Skim. And I took them, I, they took me out, but I gave them the caps. And I just, I remember the way oil, it's like he, he jumped in the air on one foot with one foot behind him, like a, like a movie skip as he, like he was, as he was finishing with his tag and he was just jumping around, like so excited to, to use that cap. And I remember that it was a big deal to me that he, because he was, you know, a really big deal, a big ass writer, you know, a big name writer. And for him to be excited about something that I showed him was a big deal to me. And, and just the way that he went about it was just so funny, you know, just so charismatic and so playful. I don't think I had ever painted with anybody who's dancing around and jumping up when they're taking tags. <laughs> so that, that guy lived for graffiti he loved graffiti like that it just his hands were made to write graffiti <laughs> he you know he just had it nice. so any any instrument that he used any tool that he touched he just you know he burned me with that cap you know i had used it so many more times than him but he burned me on the first time that he used it he's just any tool that was in his hand he was just really good with no, that we you know we never got him and I didn't paint enough to have like crazy chase. I mean, we painted I'm you know, sure twenty thirty times, but we we never had any crazy chase stories. I, well, one night <laughs> that's how it goes. Yeah, no, yeah. Well, one night we uh, him and I were you know it's probably three four in the morning and had been up drinking and smoking and shit, and we went out and uh, oh, it's time to go paint freight, and that's of course the time to go. And, my uh, girlfriend at the time, of course, is like, oh, I'll give this a shot, too. So, you know, we walk a couple miles to the train yard. The You know, I'm like, dude, you know, I'm, even though I'm a little crushed, I'm still like, yeah, don't be doing anything on the street while we're walking, you know, like, because, you know, he probably had two or three camps. I had two or three camps. The girl probably had one or two. So, I, you know, tell her, like, definitely don't be, like, just tagging on the street while we're walking here because we're like, where I lived at the time and where Bernie was living then, it wasn't like a nice part of town. So we're walking and of course she's wasted and pulls out a can and like, I'm going to do this tag right here on the wall as we're walking to the yard and a cop like drives by as she's doing this tag and for some reason does not stop, you know? And it was just like, it was and it's completely dead. There's nothing else in the area, so I don't know how he did not see what she was doing. And that was that was the closest call that he and I had as far as that. It was 
but then, you know, of course, we went on to then you know, went to the yard and painted right after that. But yeah, we never got any crazy chases or anything that I can remember. I mean, just like tons of good times. The guy was always, you know, he was always there for me when I'd be, you know, at home and you know, all depression drinking and shit. That dude would always come over and fucking hang out and be a cool cat. And you know, he he was always there for me. And I feel. Like, I mean, if you ever get to, you know, got to meet them and hang out with them, then you really, like, it was a really special deal, you know? Like, he's uh, definitely one of a kind, you know? So, it's all, you know, he, he was always a really cool cat. Um, I first first started hanging out with him. He, he'd uh, come to Jacksonville to get tattooed, and when I met him, he just had one tattoo on his back. He had a pinup girl on a cloud on his back, and then... Uh, He'd come up and we slowly started doing like a back, you know, I guess like a half back piece type thing with another pinout chick and an oil well and crude under it and all this stuff. But he'd come every couple of weeks, you know, he'd get rides from girls or whoever and come down and, you know, it was always, I was living by myself at the time and, uh, you know, always stay with me or whatever. And it was always a really good time, you know. He's, you know, Mr. Party, so it's always a fun time. Life of the party. One of the ones that that is like you know, to me was like the best shit was I went I went one night to um I went on a mission to do some some, some local freight and I was like on a local short night that I feel that we hadn't really done too many times, but you know, we 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 heard it was real chill. We had done it a couple times. It had been chill. I had never done it, but my homeboys had done it, and um, it was uh, you know, me and a couple other dudes from the crew, and you know, Bernie wasn't involved in this mission at all. But we were we went out there and we painted, and by the time we were done and we were taking flicks and we were walking back, we had gotten raided, like like real like the bull and like all, all the real cops and shit were waiting for us. Uh, in like like down the street in these two, four by fours and shit, and they just rolled up on us and rushed us so hard, and, like we couldn't get back to the car. They they surrounded the car, and we were fucked. And we managed to like you know slide out, and we were fucking like we were we were surrounded, dude. Like we had a crazy perimeter set up, and it was like three in the morning, and I you know I just like we were hiding and shit, and I was like fuck it, dude. I gotta call somebody, and I called I called Oda up, and you know he picked up. He lived like probably like twenty minutes away, and I'm like dude, you know like we're like, we need help, and, like, man, like, like I, I swear to God, like, ten minutes later, he was already there, like, we all jumped out, got in this fucking whip, and fucking peeled the fuck out, and, that like, got away in the nick of time, and, like, you know, that shit was just, like, it was, like, classic, dude, like, nobody does that, you know, like, he was there, dude, like, always, always, like, you could always count on that motherfucker to be there for you. Um, another time, let me see. Another fun time painting, like, man, we went, um, when we started doing the trips up to, to, like, North Florida, like, up in, up, up in the north side of the state and shit, um, we were clowning over there, we'd go up there and paint freights and shit, and, um, we went up on mission, I think it was me, him, and Baser, and, and my boy Six and shit, and we just had the best time, man, like, I, clowning and just painting every car there, and just, like, having fucking great fucking time. What else was he into besides craft? He was into uh, Miami-based style music.
it was into uh, real like ghetto southern music, like Young Jeezy and uh, Gucci Mane and Two Life Crew and what do you call it? Uh, JT Money, this local Miami rapper that he's a uh, JT Money stood for Jack and Tourist for Money, and he was pretty clever about knowing all the lyrics to all these uh, real ghetto southern uh, groups. I wouldn't say ghetto, but just southeastern rap groups that most people in the rest of the country maybe aren't that familiar with, but he wrote a lot of their lyrics like in his, uh, next to his trainings and next to his pieces, next to his throw-ups. He was pretty well known for that, and he, was, he could mimic pretty much any southern dance you could imagine. So, I mean, this guy is, when I tell you, uh, Every, it was like every time you hung out with him, it was either a clown fest or it was some slick mission or some crazy adventure. So, uh, yeah, he was... Uh, then later on in his latter part of his life, he became a great tattoo artist. He actually moved out to Arizona, I believe, or uh, some western state and to apprentice, uh, to be a tattoo apprentice under this guy, uh, Inksmith, which is very well known to have uh, like 10 shot in Jacksonville. And uh, he ended up texting there and uh, became really good friends with a lot of well-known tattoo artists across the country and a lot of uh, other writing with tattoo artists, too. He ended up being good friends with them, and they all exchanged work. And he had, he, he had a nest, I don't know if that's the right word, but he acquired a great tattoo collection of tattoos on himself from some of the better uh, tattooists in the country that... He uh, either worked with or sought them out and just uh, basically I was saying he wanted to have the best tattoos by the best two artists on him. He was, that was his thing. Only the best. Yeah, tattoo-wise, he learned from this guy, Mike Wilson, who's like, I mean, everybody says that, you know, the dude they get tattooed by and the dude they know is the greatest on the planet. But like Mike Wilson is like worldly recognized as one of the best tattooers that there is, you know, around. And um, Mike, Bernie was driving up from Miami all the time to get tattooed by Mike. And just telling people down in Miami, like, yo, I'm going to get this dude to teach me. And everybody was like, yeah, right, yeah, right. And sure enough, he's just like making money working at Home Depot or whatever, driving six hours to Jacksonville just to get tattooed, you know, spending all of his money on that to build that relationship with Mike. And when Mike finally took him on, it was like, done deal, Bernie moved to Jacksonville. And... Man, I've seen, I've seen his like pictures of his his tense tattoos, and they were like good enough to just to charge a walk in easily. Whereas a lot of people have to, you know, tattoo their friends for a long ass time to build that sort of like steady hand to do that. But he just had the hand eye from you know graffiti and everything else he'd done. I mean, well, I probably he did a tattoo inside my arm of my name, like after he'd been tattooing for maybe a month and a half and it's like just as sick as any tattoo I have from the dudes who've been tattooing for 10 years that tattooed me, you know, like that's how, that's how easy he got things. Like if he put his mind to it, like he could be the best at that. It's just the way he was. It was crazy. Um, man, like my, you know, something that I always sit back and laugh about is every time he used to come to New York, right. He used to stay in my house. And he, you know, he always had mad beef because he was always bombing. He was, you know, he used to have, he'd be crossing dudes out. They'd be crossing him out. And and it was funny because I would look at him and I'm like, yo, this kid is like 100 pounds. And, and like, you know, he's like 
fighting dudes. He's going over people. Like, he has mad beef, but he had a lot of heart. So he used to come up and stay with me, and then he would always want me to teach him how to, you know, teach him how to fight, teach him different shit. Because when I used to live in Florida, you know, I used to, we used to fuck around and, like, like spar and I would teach him like martial arts shit and you know he he would pick up on things and then he would tell me like yo that shit you taught me I used it on a kid and I fucked him up and I did this and they yo that shit really works so every time he would come to New York he would always be like yo you're gonna teach me some shit right you're gonna teach me some shit I'm like yeah 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 so I would you know I would teach him something like whatever I was doing at the time like some new shit that I learned or something that I knew would work for him I would teach him, and then I would just wait to hear the story about how he did it on somebody, like how he did this to who, you know, to whoever. And and I always bugged out, like, because he was like so applied that he would be like, "Yo, he was real meticulous about me. Like, show me, show me this way, and what's the easiest way?" And and then he would, I guess, he would remember that shit and like pull it out in the in in a, in, a, in the clutch. You know what I'm saying? Like, so so that's always you know, one thing that I always think about when I think about him is that shit, man. Like how, how he, you know, shit that I taught him, not only in, in, you know, writing or graph or whatever, but even like fighting shit or, or even in conversation talking about graffiti, he, he would like retain that, you know, like it mattered to him, you know? Um, another thing that was, that I always think about is he used to tell me because the kid when I met him he was down with a lot of kids already some of them were kids that I you know I ain't gonna say I had beef with them anymore at that time but there wasn't nobody that that was on my you know my favorites list it was dudes that we kind of had beef in the past and you know whatever but he was neutral about it and he used to ask me questions all the time because he would hear these stories and legends and all kind of shit and then he would be like yo is this true is that true so I, you know i would tell him whatever my version of the story and he was just like straight up like yo man i really i really respect you because you always like you don't stretch it like every time that i've asked you a question or you know about a story what you tell me pretty much coincides with what i've heard like you never like try to make shit up and and you know you know get the ego involved or whatever so to me like even though he was young he was thinking and he was like he was looking around him who his friends were and who was full of shit and who was who was legit so you know for him to be that young he was already like mature in that sense where he was trying to like make sure he was fucking with the right people you know what i'm saying he uh he he'd come to the shop all the time to get tattooed by me, and then he started getting tattooed by Mike Wilson, who's like the you know the fucking grandmaster of tattooing is incredible. So he you know get tattooed by me, which is nice of him, but then he'd also get like these tattoos by Mike that just blew mine out of the fucking water. So he he got you know talking to Mike Wilson, and uh, Mike you know said yeah you know be the apprentice here, and so he moved from Miami to Jacksonville and uh, was the apprentice at our shop for a while. And, you know, he had, he had a real apprenticeship. It wasn't like, oh, you're a cool dude. You get to skate by on, you know, the fact that you're a cool dude. Like a lot of these kids, you know, doing apprenticeships today are, 
just say, oh, yeah, he's cool, man. Just, yeah, just tell him everything. You know, fuck that, dude. He, Bernie definitely earned his his tattooing, uh, you know, job. He fucking had no money. Dude, people would not slow him money to save our, you know, our lives. But he fucking stuck it out and really, really worked and got humiliated and, you know, every every bad thing that happens in tattooing, he, he stuck through it. And, uh, you know, he, he's... He's very, you know, extreme person. When he's real down, he's real down. When he's real happy, he's real happy. So, you know, for him to stick through that, you know, the humiliation and fucking just the bullshit that comes with having a real apprenticeship, you know, being made to fucking, you know, clean toilets and wear some fucking stupid outfit, just uh, all the, you know, the corny shit that goes along. It's like a hazing. You know, he he really did a great job with all that. So he definitely earned his his tattoo title, and then, of course, you know, of course, his talent took over, and, of course, he's, you know, doing incredible tattoos at the time that, you know, what took me six or seven years to get to, he's doing in a year, you know, like, he, and he has the best teacher in the world, Mike Wilson, so it's like, he, his tattooing just was, like, out of this world for the amount of time he put into it, you know. How do you think he should be remembered? Well, I think uh, his friends and school and family knew that he was a well-spirited, high-energy, class, A clown, but definitely was, like I said earlier, somebody that would stand in your corner and he would not turn his back on you. And if whatever was coming at you, as long as you were willing to stand there with him, he would, you know, he'd be uh, you too or however many, and it was, it could be whatever type of uh, war being handled or, how could I say it, in any situation, he was there for you, like I said. And I think most people do remember that, and what I would want others that didn't know him that on trains or his style, his pieces, his tattoo, which he became later on to be a a very good um, tattoo artist, just to remember the fact that... uh, short and when you hear live it to the fullest and uh don't ever be afraid to go for your goals and don't be afraid of anything because a little small frame that that lived real hard traveled the world hard and never uh never backed down from anything or anybody and uh i just like i say this day I, I could never be so i couldn't couldn't be any more proud of him he did everything uh that he wanted to do and did it very well. Yes, okay, he will be missed. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Always live para siempre. I mean, I think I think a lot of people remember him for just like you know the beef and everything. But really, I mean, if you look at it, the beef from his eyes and in his way, that was him, his way of showing love to the rest of his friends. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He he live and die for his friends. That's for sure. And if you were on his team. He let you know it, and he was, you know, super caring to everybody that he, you know, was close with. Uh, he was one of my best friends that I'll ever have, you know, hands down. And um, he did a lot for me, and he did a lot for a lot of people. And um, I don't know. I guess everybody should just try to carry on his name that's close with him because it's really important, you know, to a lot of people. I think that he should be remembered for – for everything that he was, you know, he, he was an intense person. He was an all or nothing person. He 
was extremely loyal, but to some extent, I don't think that he ever trusted anybody else's loyalty in him. And I just think that it's important for all of us to keep proving it, you know, and, you know, I guess you can't ever stop proving your loyalty to somebody. And I guess what matters to me the most about what I've taken from him is just for me to keep letting his name live. And the way that, that I, you know, I communicate with him, I guess, my way of being close with him and hanging out with him is to paint his name. I haven't really been painting my name too much since he passed away. And it's not, I don't, I don't know if I will go back to painting it the way I was or, or if I don't, I don't want to say I'm taking his name because it's such an insult. I'll never do it as good as he did. But, um, I just want, I guess I would want people to recognize what he did for graffiti. He, he branded the most prolific graffiti meeting place known to date, 12 ounce profit. He branded 12 ounce profit. He branded the vapors also known as he did all those hand styles and he really didn't get credit for it. All the throw ups. I mean, there's, there's so many different companies right now. Um, Mad Clout, Ghetto Josh, the companies that go, uh, Dadeware also that uses hand styles and uses work. And a lot of people don't know that it's his. So I just think that the more people who know that where that hand style came from and the history of where that came from, um, the better. At one point, at one point when I was first friends with him, I was wearing a Mad Clout t-shirt. I didn't know he had done the hand style and he was laughing at me like, bro, you're wearing, you're wearing my shit. And I'm like, what? (laughs) You know, because to me, I just, that hand style was just classic graffiti. It, I didn't, I didn't give it credit to a writer. It was just, Oh, this is a classic graffiti. This is what graffiti looks like. This is what graffiti is supposed to look like. And that was it. I didn't register. This is somebody's style. This is somebody being really fresh. And, I think that it's important um, for people to know that. And I'm kind of disappointed in the people at 12 Ounce Profit because right, um, they, they published Oil's image the day after he passed away. I know that um, he had sent Raven the photo of him, but I just felt like it should have been private and I also feel like they haven't done enough for his legacy you know considering the fact that they built a graffiti empire a business off of this guy's talent and I know for a fact he didn't get paid for I don't think any of the work that he did I can't I can't say about the earlier stuff but when I was friends with him I know that he was just getting flights to places. He got a flight to New York one time, and he got a flight to Germany for that also known as book. And I'm just really disappointed in 12 Ounce Profit because it doesn't seem like they've done anything with all the money that they have from the te- from his talent, basically. Hmm. And uh, 
I think people should know that. <laughs> I'm not hating on the people in 12 ounce profit. I'm just disappointed. And for such, you know, I think 12 ounce profit is a really big deal in graffiti. They, they really changed up the game. Everybody since 99 has every interview touches on how do you feel the internet has changed graffiti and what they mean is 12 ounce profit <laughs> and 12 ounce profit really changed graffiti and bernie being a part of it oil being a part of 12 ounce profit changed graffiti and he deserves a lot of credit for it and people need to know <laughs> if there's anybody who is like oil's father it would be smashed like Smash and Baser lost a son. You know, I lost somebody I looked up to and who was a good friend of mine and somebody who would protect me and have my back through everything, but those guys lost a, a son. They raised him. You know, they, they raised him from probably when he was like 14. I think the writer who he had... The thing with Oil, which I, I'm guilty of not being this way, he would still... The writers that he knew that he thought were fresh, even if he was down with them, he would still hold them on a pedestal. So he looked up to Dash from uh, FC like incre- like a lot, a lot, to the point that we would call Dash him, him. Like <laughs> like he doesn't, like his, his name is so sacred that we couldn't even say his name. We would call him him because he was like this, this greater force. And that was his friend, you know, that was like, it's not like it was this unreachable, untouchable person. That was his homeboy. <laughs> and, and he definitely, definitely looked up to Dash and Wayne and Zame. Um, I think MQ was his favorite writer. Um, looked up to Min. The videograph tapes were his holy grail. <laughs> um... Just classic New York graffiti definitely was was his thing and and he had no love for anything else. <laughs> everything else was whack, everything else was toy, and he would just for everything, like everything got the fart noise. <laughs> I mean, he was a dude who was you know really talented, he loved graffiti, he loved his friends. He was dedicated, he was, you know, he was real, man. Like, he, he was about his business. And, you know, like, he just had mad love for the game. He And he was, like, at the top of his game, you know what I'm saying? I know he had a lot of beef, but that's just because he, he really didn't tolerate bullshit, man. Like, if dudes went over him or, or you know, or, or dudes talk shit, he used to, like, not fuck around. He would be like, yo... That's that's how graffiti used to be back in the day. That's probably why me and him got along so good because I was the same way when I was a kid, and probably even still. So so a lot of dudes didn't might have not understood him because he was he was kind of wild style like that. But it's just because his attitude was like an old school mentality, where you know this is graffiti. You got a name to maintain. You can't let nobody disrespect you, and you got to do whatever you got to do to stay on top of the on top of the game. So he just, you know, he went for his man like day in and day out. He wasn't playing games. He was just doing what he had to do. And, it, you know, along the way, you're going to step on some toes and whatever. 
but that's just the nature of the beast. You know what I'm saying? So he, whatever he did, he did it for 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 the love of the, of the game of graph and to excel. You know. Definitely, you know, keep them alive through stories. That's, I mean, that's the best way to remember people is to tell stories about them. And, I mean, he, you know, anytime you hear ignorant rap or, you know, you see somebody with fresh sneakers, that's, that's Bernie right there, man. Like, you know, you, and you hear, you, I hear shit all the time and I'm just like, damn, I wish I could call him right now, you know funny quote from a song or, you know, anything like that, you know, and I, I know all his friends definitely feel the same way, you know, you, you hear something and you're like, damn, I want to call Bernie and, you know, share this with him the way he'd do it with you, you know, yeah. so, I mean, there's still a big hole in a lot of people's hearts. How should he be remembered? Man, for who he was, um, you know, if you, if you, if you met him, you 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 know what kind of person he was, and that's exactly how you should remember him, because that's the way he presented himself to you. Bernie was a he was the truth. Like yeah, so I get choked up, dude. He was the most solid person I've ever met, and, you know, uh, if you met him, I'm sure you were influenced by him in one shape or another, and, you know, I don't know, man, just, just hold on to your memories, and, I don't know. If you had a chance to talk to him one more time, or say one last thing, what would it be? I just tell him I miss him, you know what I'm saying? I understand why you wanted to do what he did, but I wish he didn't. But, you know, you can sit around thinking that all day, but it's not going to change it, you know? I, I know where he's coming from. I I communicate with Ber Bernie on a regular basis. <laughs> I don't know. Um, he, I don't know if everybody knows this, but he's still signed into his instant messenger account. So I... Sometimes I send him messages. I still talk to him sometimes. Um, if I could, if I could say anything, I, I think I just would want to give him more credit for his graffiti. I don't know if I, I don't feel like I gave him enough credit, like to his face, you know, of course with other people there, there was some, you know, there was an acknowledgement, but I don't know if, if he, I know I know for a fact that he didn't feel like I gave him enough credit. I can't I don't I wish I had expressed it more to him. And I think that's, you know, what I would do. I would I would just and maybe uh ooh, I'm tripping over my words. <laughs> I would be easier to admit it to him. <laughs> I think that he taught me to be so tough with my attitude about graffiti that maybe I didn't want to admit to him <laughs> when I should have how much of an influence that he had on me because I, I always felt like I'm not taking his stuff directly. I'm not biting him. I'm not using his hand styles the way he wants me to or his throw-ups. But because he was so hard on me, I ended up migrating towards the overall lessons he was trying to teach me about having readable stuff about my about the flow and about 
the way my stuff should look. You know, I didn't copy his stuff exactly, but it definitely has a huge influence on my style. And I just wish I had given him more credit for it. Oh, man, that I miss him. And I love him, man. I don't think he heard that enough from people. You know what I'm saying? I don't even know what else I could say. Just I wish I could have him back, bro, you know? I love you, and I wish I could have been there to help you. You know what, man? Me and him, actually, like, we, I think we had our last words. Like, you know, like, I told him, I told him then the same shit I tell him now. I miss him, dude. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm just fucking lost right now. I didn't know how hard, I didn't know how hard it was gonna be for me to like really talk about that shit because honestly, I don't talk about it much. Um, but you know, I like all the. If, if there's, if, I'm sure there's a lot more I could add if it wasn't enough, man. But no, but I, I appreciate the interview. No, it's perfect. I think. I don't want to sound like a little baby shit. No, no, no. I mean, I love. So once again, I just want to say thanks to everyone who tuned in for this um, and for all the people who helped make it happen. Um, thanks to Kerr for coming up with the idea and stay tuned for the next episode.